0: Hello, Bravo lovers. Welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I'm your host, Jared B. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I did nothing. I cleaned out my fridge, I did a little grocery shopping, but other than that, I stayed in my apartment all weekend long, Sunday. So, I've had a couple of friends that have told me about the show, The Offer. The Offer is a show on Paramount+. Plus. It is about the making of The Godfather. Now, don't throw tomatoes at me. I've never seen The Godfather. (laughs) I know. I'm ashamed. However, I watched The Offer this, I think, all 10 episodes on Sunday. (laughs) I loved it that much. It was so good. And... So I rented for a month on Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, I don't know what it's called. Uh, I rented for a, a month the remastered version of The Godfather. So this coming weekend, probably Sunday, I'm going to watch The Godfather for the first time. I'm very excited. I had no idea all these things went down to make that movie. I didn't know that, like, they didn't want to cast Al Pacino because they didn't think he was talented. I didn't know the mob was trying to put, was putting a hit on producers trying to stop the movie from being made. I didn't know the late Frank Sinatra was allegedly involved or buddy-buddy with the Italian mafia. There is so much I did not know. If you have not seen The Offer on Paramount+, Plus, watch it. Please watch it. Um, I also want to say Friday was a very exciting day. So I have a regular daytime nine to five job. Um, And so when I'm working at my job, I'm sitting at my desk and I listen to either music or podcasts. So on Friday, I'm listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Brav bros they started about a year ago um shooter and steel they are the host if you have not listened to Brav bros check them out um they're honest they're candid they don't give a rip about what you think about their opinions they're true to themselves they are hilarious many times i'm at my desk laughing at what they're saying, interrupting my coworkers, because my office is very quiet. All you hear is like keyboard typing. Pretty much the whole time. So I have to listen to something while I'm working. Otherwise, I will go nuts from the silence and the keyboard typing. So I'm listening to the Rob Rose and I have to admit, I slide in their DMs quite often. Maybe I'm a little thirsty, but I would say I am hungry because, you know, I started a podcast and I want this to succeed. So like I might be a little thirsty on social media. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. I'm passionate about this. So I'm listening to the Bob Rose and they mentioned my name. Um, You know, I offered some of my commentary and opinion to them about the dynamics that currently exist on the real housewives of Atlanta between Marlo Kenya and candy. And, you know, they're new to real housewives of Atlanta. They don't have the backlog of the past, what, 13 seasons like, some of their listeners would like them to but what I appreciate, I like the fact that they're new to Atlanta because they're not jaded, you know, they're not nasty about Atlanta, they're not the ones out there saying like some of the fans oh I want the old Atlanta back because the truth of the matter is we're never going to get the old Real Housewives of Atlanta back, we're just never, they can try to revamp the cast as much as they can but we're never going to get the old Atlanta back so I'm happy to provide some of my knowledge and opinions to the Brock bros because i want them to succeed and they are suc- succeeding excuse me so yeah they mentioned me on their podcast i was in shock i gasped at my job and one of my co-workers Kelsey, was like Did someone die and i was like no the Bro bros mentioned me so shout out to the broad bros uh Much props. I have so much respect over what you guys have built with your podcast over the last year. Um, And it inspired me to create my own podcast. And here I am today. So let me stop talking. Let's get into some Bravo news. So, The first thing on with Bravo News is Dorit Kemsley is in the headlines. If you don't know Dorit, she is on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she's married to PK. Um, I did that accent because Dorit is from Connecticut, but she talks with a British accent. But I will have to say over the last two seasons, that accent has Has gone down a bit, so, like... Was this accent a caricature? Dorit Kemsley... But according to Radar Online, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Derit Kemsley has been dragged to court by a private nurse who claims that reality star stiffed her after she helped her recover from a plastic surgery procedure, RadarOnline.com has learned. According to the court documents obtained by Radar Online, earlier this year, Derit was sued by a woman named Natalie Vanderstay, no relation to a Vanderpump. Natalie Vanderstay. The suit demanded the Bravo star pay $8,600 in damages. Natalie said... I am a private duty nurse, and I provided medical services for Dorit. Dorit had plastic surgery and hired my services for the day and overnight care to monitor and assess her pain, administration of medicines and treatments as directed per her physician's orders, as well as address all her medical needs and concerns. The nurse said, I submitted an invoice to Dorit after my services were completed, and Dorit has refused to pay me. Nada Who claimed to have worked for Dorit from November 16, 2022, to November 20, 2022, said she calculated the money owed to her by the hours I worked at my hourly rate of $100. I worked 86 hours at $100 an hour, which totals $8,600. In April, a hearing was held where Natalie appeared, but Dorit was not present. The nurse said the reality star was served with legal papers despite her non- non-appearance. After the hearing, the judge ordered Dorit to pay Natalie a total of $8,675. Now the nurse has demanded Dorit appear in court with her financial records to help her figure out how to collect on the debt. Now... As Radar Online has previously reported, as we have seen in the blogs, Dorit's husband PK has had a long history of legal trouble, as first they reported last year when PK settled a years-old debt with the Las Vegas casino, The Bellagio, for an amount of $2.27 million dollars. Dorit's husband has been working to pay off a $3.6 million casino marker for nearly a decade. So, you know, there has been rumors of the Kimsleys and their inability to pay their bills on time. One thing I don't understand is why don't these housewives pay their bills? They should know at this point in the game that... That if you don't pay your bills, if you don't pay your taxes, if you don't pay your mortgage, you will be called out on social media. We will see it in the blogs. It will be on Radar Online. It will be on page six. Everyone will be talking about it. You will be trending on Twitter. Housewives, pay your bills because we will hear about it. Oh, Lord have mercy. So let's get to the next thing and Bravo news. This is according to people magazine. Um, unfortunately, real housewives of Potomac alum, Monique Samuels and her husband, Chris Samuels. Uh, it's confirmed to people magazine that they are splitting up after 10 years of marriage. Monique Samuels has filed a, filed to legally end her marriage to Chris Samuels. The Montgomery County family court, confirmed to People on Tuesday that the Real Housewives of Potomac alum has officially filed for divorce from the former NFL player, though Monique has filed a petition to seal the documents— The docket shows that she filed a complaint for absolute divorce on April 14th and then filed an amended complaint for absolute divorce on June 15th. The former couple divorce, the former couple's divorce has yet to be finalized. However, Monique and Chris have scheduled a hearing for Wednesday. Um. People confirmed in October 2022 that Monique and Chris had called it quits after 10 years of marriage. Um, I remember this. Um, If anyone remembers at BravoCon last year, um, what's her face? Ashley Darby said on a BravoCon uh, panel that Monique and Chris were taking a little break from each other and they were living, I believe, in separate homes. Then, like, 24 hours later, Monique and Chris were on YouTube, Instagram, something like that, maybe did an Instagram Live and they were denying the reports that they have broken up, that they are together, even though, like, they were bickering a little in that Instagram Live, so, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, I'm sad to, you know, it's sad to hear about a family breaking up. You know, listen, once you've seen one housewife announce a divorce, you've seen them all do it. It's pretty common in the world of housewives. Uh, I wonder if Monique would ever come back to the Royal Housewives of Potomac. I know that uh, Candace would not like it um, after that physical altercation that happened between Monique and Candace and, you know, Monique Samuels decided not to come back to the Real Housewives of the Potomac, even though she said she was invited back by Bravo. I think Monique felt like she was too good for the show. And I don't think she liked the image that was portrayed about her, you know, when she was tugging on Candace's wig, trying to yank it off. Um, so we wish you well, Monique. Uh, we wish you well, Chris. It is sad to see a family break up. But when we return, we are going to get into the real housewives of Atlanta. So now we have the Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season fifteen, episode seven, titled "Keeping a Gucci." So we start off with lunch with Drew and this music video director. This scene was hilarious to me because Drew did not realize that <laughs> that music video director was clocking her left and right, and she did not even know it. Uh, so Drew mentions the fact that. They first met, and she had already done the movie Step Up. If you don't know... Step Up is that movie that used to repeat on ABC Family like every weekend. It came out 17 years ago and Drew mentions the movie Step Up and the music video producer is like, what's Step Up? And Drew's like, well, I, you know there's several Step Ups, you know like how there were st- several Bring It Ons you know, I guess Gabrielle Union would say I was in the first one Kirsten Dunst would say I was in the first one not the second or third or fourth and so Drew Sedora is like, well I was in the first Step Up, not all you know the many iterations but drew he still would not know what step up is and also this movie came out 17 years ago almost 20 years ago um also if you did not know drew sidora was in the movie white chicks drew sidora played the best friend of marlon wayne's wife if you happen to watch white chicks you know coming up anytime soon uh check out drew sidora Um, Those are the only two... Actually, no. The Lifetime movie about TLC. So I've seen Drew Sedora in three things. But I feel like Drew Sedora feels like her resume is more established than she realizes. Like, you know, I still never heard of you until you came on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And that's okay. Because this is a big show. This is a big platform. And now you're more than an actress now. And maybe you could book some other jobs. Because of your platform on this show. But anyway, moving right along, I digress. Drew Sedora, she is very proud of those 30,000 streams. Let's remember, Drew Sedora is trying to... Why do I keep on calling her Drew Sedora? Drew is trying to shoot a music video for her new sh- her new song. My issue is, is that those 30,000 streams have not grown since Drew and Ralph... First shared those streaming numbers on episode two or three. Now it's episode seven. So is is anyone streaming the song? If we were to ask Drew today, <laughs> how many streams does that song have? You know will Drew say thirty thousand? <laughs> you know, listen. Show Drew Sedora some love. um, Go out and stream her song. I don't know what it's called, but I'm sure you can find it if you put her name in the search box. Let's support our girl because, you know, she's going to have to pay that lawyer for this pending divorce. Then... Drew talks about the inspiration behind her music video being her relationship, her marriage, and, you know, the ups and downs of marriage, the love of marriage. And also she mentions the fact that, you know, sometimes marriage is hard. The music video director tells Drew that if her and Ralph can make it past this eighth year of marriage, then they'll be fine. Um, update. If you did not know, Drew and Ralph are not making it past this eighth year of marriage because in May, we found out that Drew and Ralph raced each other to the Gwinnett County Courthouse to file divorce papers where Drew alleges that Ralph is a serial cheater whose mistresses enjoyed taunting Drew on social media, bragging about the affairs they were having with Ralph. So, um... They're not making it to year number nine. But I will have to say, are we surprised by that? I mean, when we were first introduced to Drew and Ralph, we found out that Ralph disappeared to Tampa or Jacksonville for three or four days, did not tell his wife where she went. They have kids. He just disappeared. And we still don't know what Ralph was doing in Tampa or Jacksonville or the fact that he drove past several beaches. To specifically go to Tampa or Jacksonville. So, yeah, that's how we were introduced to Ralph and Drew. So, this news of their marriage breaking up is not surprising to me. I do feel bad for the kids because now their family is breaking up. So, let's move on to this chirotherapy? Chirotherapy? With Sheree and Sanya? First of all, this place is chirotherapy. In Vinings, Georgia, I'm not trying to reveal where I live, but I live near there. I want to try cryotherapy, but I'm not into being in a tank that is negative two hundred degrees, even though they do give you a robe and some some slippers, I guess. Um, Sheree's excited because Rihanna mentioned her in a E News interview, and good for Sheree. That's a big mention. I'm wondering if Sheree sent Rihanna a She by Sheree gift bag because Rihanna probably would have posted it on her Instagram and it would have helped boost those sales, you know, those sales that Candy questions if they exist. Sheree tells Sanya that she's going to put together a Gucci brunch to make sure everything is Gucci between the ladies. So we get to this dinner between courtney and marlo i've said this before even though courtney's voice is a lot to take in she comes in with a high-pitched voice um but cousin courtney is growing on me she like has great energy and i love that she is trying to build relationships with all the ladies she really hasn't tried to build one with uh kenya but we see at the end of this episode that Courtney and Candy kind of squash whatever beef they had um, after, of course, cousin Courtney called Candy ghetto. So in this dinner, um, I feel like Marlo is connecting with cousin Courtney, because unlike most of the other ladies on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Courtney has not weaponized Marlo's past against her like the other ladies have over the last, what, nine, 10 years Marlo has been on this show. You know, let's remember Marlo has been has been on the receiving end of a lot of, you know, the ladies reminding her where she came from. And I can't imagine that. Marlo has probably felt less than and not accepted around these group of women, which is why Marlo tries so hard to gain their acceptance and their approval. And in my mind, I believe Marlo's way of getting their approval is like bringing it on the show and coming for them on the show. But Candy and Kenya aren't receiving it that way because they're like no no nah, bitch you've hurt me so I'm not going to give you the time of day I'm not going to give you the camera time I'm not going to give you the attention you may come for me but I'm going to make fun of you and I'm going to ignore you which is what they did at that Gucci brunch and I know I've jumped ahead but I'm, I'm glad Marlo has someone Marlo appreciates Courtney helping her try to expunge her record. Marlo says that none of the other girls have tried to help her expunge her record. But Michael, Qu- Marlo Marlo baby girl. Have you asked any of the ladies if they know any lawyers that could help you expunge your record? Or did like Marlo expect the ladies to just volunteer to help her? Like I feel like Marlo has high expecta- expectations, excuse me, for her friends because Marlo expects her friends to do the things that Marlo would do for her friends. But Marlo has to understand, not everyone operates like that, Marlo. Also, this is the real housewives of Atlanta. This is not the Girl Scouts. This is not summer camp. You guys are not gonna sit in a circle and sing kumbaya and braid each other's hair like marlo i think you're expecting too much for these from these ladies and also like you haven't necessarily come at all these came at all these ladies correct so what they're not going to give you the respect that you're asking for and at this point i don't know what marlo can do to be on a good page with candy and kenya honestly but then courtney asked marlo why She never expressed these feelings to Candy. And Marlo says it was because she hasn't seen Candy. Now, Marlo, 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 you've been filming with Candy on the show the past two to three years. We saw you, we saw you tell Candy about the murder of your nephew. You had plenty of opportunities to tell Candy how you didn't feel like Candy showed up for you when you lost your nephew. But you waited two years later to bring this up as a way to also mention the fact that you don't feel like Candy shares enough of her personal life on the show. So, again, I do feel like Marlo's using the death of her nephew to call out Candy and kind of break the fourth wall and kind of let us, the viewers, the viewers know that. Candy's not keeping it real. Like I'm keeping it real. And I feel like Marlo has every right to say that she should just say that and not bring the death of her nephew into it. Are you guys picking up what I'm trying to put down? (laughs) I hope so. Holla. Um, (laughs) So we move on to this, uh, this lunch at old lady gang, AKA OLG with Candy and Sanya. So, Candy and Sanya are talking. Candy feels like Sanya rides the fence. And I'm going to say, I do believe that Sanya does try to play Switzerland. Sanya does try to play the mediator. But if you're going to play the mediator, Sanya, if you're going to play the mediator of the group, then you better be ready to hold everyone accountable. And one thing that sanya is not mediating well at is holding marlo accountable when she goes off the rails when she can't kind of stay focused on what the issue at hand is and then kind of goes off the rails you know i'm gonna suggest that sanya you know take a back a back seat fall back sanya and just let Marlo and Kenya try to work not Marlowe and Kenya, Marlo and Candy. Well Marlo and Kenya have something to, to work out too. Uh Candy points out a pattern of Marlo doing or saying certain things. And then Marlo saying, you know, she didn't mean it like that. Candy opens up about the fact that she's not a sentimental kind of friend. Candy shares that her brother died when she was fifteen years old. I have to say I can't imagine the armor. 15-year-old Candy felt like she needed to put on herself to protect herself from that childhood trauma. And what's also clear to me is the type of friend that Marlo needs is not what Candy can give. I believe that if these two can move forward, now Marlo knows what her expectations should be when it comes to a possible friendship with Candy. But again, Candy is not... Candy is paying Marlo dust. Candy does not have time for Marlo. Candy wants nothing to do with Marlo. Which brings into this question, what happens to this? Like, I'm curious what's going to happen over the course of the season and what's going to happen at this reunion. Because the thing is, Atlanta is the type of city where these girls need to have genuine friendships and right now to me as a longtime Real Housewives of Atlanta viewer there are not genuine friendships in this group of friends I feel like the only two people who are legitimate friends or are Candy and Kenya Drew and uh Drew and Sheree don't hang out like that Drew and Marlo don't hang out like that Marlo and Drew don't hang out like that Marlo and Sanya don't hang out like that Marlo and Kenya don't hang out. Marlon, Candy don't hang like. And who who does Sheree spend her time with? I feel like she hangs out with the OGs like Kim and Lisa Wu and uh, Deshaun Snow more than she hangs out with the girl she's currently on the show with. So here's the thing: where is the genuine friendship on the Real Housewives of Atlanta? And I believe that is what's missing on the show. But I'm moving right along. We get to this dance rehearsal with Drew. Drew is in the music studio, the dance studio, excuse me, uh, practicing her moves for her music video. I have to say, Drew, Drew's moving well. Uh, the dance moves are moving. She's moving that body. Um, I have to say, I'm going to be honest, this whole scene feels obsolete to me and I will tell you why because we know now that Drew and Ralph are getting a divorce so I feel like we already know how this story is going to end so it kind of doesn't even feel real to me and I'm not saying that I think this is fake I'm not saying that I think they're being fake but I'm saying that I don't know what's real let's remember Drew accused Ralph in her divorce filing Saying that Ralph is a serial chiller, cheater whose mistresses would let, who would reach out to her on Instagram and taunt her about his affairs. So, in this moment, am I really supposed to believe that they're in love with each other? That they're hot for each other? How am I supposed to feel about this? Because I feel absolutely nothing from this. I'm sorry. So we move to the Gucci brunch. The ladies arrive, donned in Gucci labels. Um, Pretty much everyone has arrived with Kenya and Marlo still left to arrive. And Sheree lets the group know that she wants everyone to be able to have fun again. Sorry, I'm about to take a sip of water because my mouth is getting dry. So Drew says something that I've pointed out before. Drew says that Marlo needs a hug. She needs attention. She needs some love. I've said that Marlo just wants to be loved and accepted. She just has a combative way of seeking that love and attention that she is in search for. Marlo sometimes leads with an insult with the expectation of love to be returned to her. But it doesn't work like that, Marlo. And then we get to Marlowe's fashion corner, which was hilarious. This is the Marlowe I love. Marlowe is hilarious. She, again, has the potential to be a top-notch housewife. But I just believe that Marlowe gets in her own way. So Marlowe does her fashion corner. She says that Drew looks like a Gucci handyman, which is true. Sheree looks like she's about to give a deposition or a benediction Or, uh, you know, give a tour of coffins. I feel like Sheree does look like she could be a funeral director. You know, just a a luxury funeral director. Um, Marlo (laughs) says that Sanya bought her Gucci off the rack and spent eight racks. Okay, Sanya, the checks, the Bravo checks, the embassy checks, a clearing for Sanya. Uh, And then Marlo says they look like a bootleg girl group, which is true. Everything Marlo said was true. So I also have to point out that these ladies go to great restaurants. I have... I've been watching the show since the beginning, and they've always gone to great restaurants. Some of the restaurants I've heard of, some of the restaurants I've been to, some of them I haven't. But I have to say, this brunch place, Toast on Lennox, is 15 minutes from my place. I did not know this place existed. So now I'm going to have to go to Toast on Lennox. Their food looks delicious. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, Sheree says that she wants uh, the ladies to come to a place of peace and understanding and to be able to have a good time around each other. And Kenya Moore says that she has Jesus on speed dial and Sheree says, call him. Hallelujah. 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 That was a little Medea for you. (laughs) Shout out to Medea. Who would be? actually an amazing real housewife wouldn't she Medea would cuss all these ladies out she would beat Marla over her head with a pocketbook she would Medea would also probably bring a gun to this Gucci brunch Medea would also probably be watching probably Medea would probably be rocking some knockoff Gucci where the G is mi- missing so it says Uchi, you know. Oh that I'm surprised Tyler Perry has not tried that. But you know, I'm moving on. Like I said, Sheree said, call him when Jesus when Kenya says she has Jesus on the speed dial. Um I love this moment that happens. Cousin Courtney and Candy make amends. This was great. Because let's remember episode one and the rest of episode two. Candy was ready to headbutt Cousin Courtney. So now they have come to an amicable place. Shout out to the Gucci brunch. They are Gucci. Sanya says she feels like there's no reciprocity when it comes to her friendship with Kenya. Kenya says that she fully can't trust Sanya because Sanya went on Watch What Happens Live, Andy Cohen's show on Bravo, and contributed to the rumors about the legitimacy of Kenya Moore's booty. The ladies on The Real Housewives of Atlanta have been questioning the legitimacy of Kenya Moore's butt since Kenya Moore has first joined the show. So this has been 10 seasons. This is a played-out Insult, dig, shade. No one cares about a fake booty. Everyone has a fake booty. Kardashians have fake booties. No one cares if Kenya Moore has a fake booty. In the words of Sutton Strack, let the bone go. Now, Then things unravel at this Gucci brunch. And this is what I don't like. Marlo took the time to articulate her feelings and she agrees to be respectful as long as they are all respectful to each other. Then King Amore starts play choking because she feels like Marlo's full of shit. And then Candy says she doesn't believe Marlo's being genuine, even though Marlo said she is being genuine. Then Marlo tries pointing the fingers at Drew, saying Drew brought up the shooting. Nah, 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 Marlo. Here's a correction. Drew brought up the incident. Remember, that's what you were mad at her about. You got mad at Drew for saying incident and not shooting. Candy's mad at the fact that Marlo has been slandering her name while involving her and her business in the murder of Marlo's nephew. That's what Candy is mad about. But I respect the fact that Marlo took the high road And she walked away, all while Kenya is calling her a bottom-rung bitch. Now, I have to be honest. I learn a lot of things from these housewife shows. I learn a lot of terms and phrases that I've never heard before. I have never heard of a bottom-rung bitch. So you know where I went. I went to urbandictionary.com because you are not going to find bottom-rung bitch (laughs) in Merriam-Webster. So I could not find... Bottom rung bitch, but I did find a bottom bitch. And according to the Urban Dictionary, a bottom bitch, a bottom girl, a bottom woman, Sits atop the hierarchy of prostitutes working for a particular pimp. A bottom girl is usually the prostitute who has been with the pimp the longest and consistently makes the most money. So Kenya Moore was basically calling Marlo the queen of the hookers, Queen Ho. Then Kenya says the bitch sold her pussy for a bag. What kind of bag? Like, is this a Gucci bag? Is this a Hermes bag? A Chanel bag? A Dior bag? Like, do you, does can you know what she, show, what she sold the cookie for? What kind of bag? But I have to say that I'm glad Sheree did not let Marlo leave. Marlo and Sheree come back inside after having, you know, a mini, a mini powwow, a, a, a little heart to heart marlo expressed her you know marlo is better at expressing her feelings about candy to other people than she is to candy herself when when marlo gets in the company of candy she she can't get it together she cannot say what she needs to say but then like when marlo's At dinner with Courtney or talking with Sheree outside or, you know, talking to cousin Courtney in a hotel lobby or talking to Marlo, talking to her friends, you know, at that dinner, like two or three episodes ago. Marlo has done a great job of explaining her problem with Candy to everyone but Candy. So then Sanya tries to jump in, but Candy's like, girl, you are not Olivia Pope. Back up fall back have several seats and i believe sanya said this one out you don't you don't have to jump in everywhere you're trying to play the mediator you failed let go let god and let's hope that marlon candy can hash this out so Marlowe calls Candy selfish and calls Candy a spoiled and privileged girl. You know, all roads lead back to money, unfortunately, with Marlowe. You know, Marlowe feels like Candy is an ATM. Who's just going to, like, open up her bank account and, like, just do whatever for Marlowe that she feels like is necessary. And, like, Marlowe... You know which is why all these ladies kind of like call her a prostitute and a whore and a hooker because like it seems like all roads lead back to money with Marlo and I'm not I don't listen I don't know Marlo I don't know her past there've been a lot of word on the street about Marlo and the men that he, she has been with but we also know Marlo has admitted the fact that she she did date an older man who was a billionaire who bought her home and bought a home for Her mother. So Marlo Marlo has been open and honest about her life. I just wish these ladies would stop using her past against her because you've been doing it for nine or ten seasons and the insults are getting old. Marlo owns who she is. So there's nothing that, there's no insult at this moment that you ladies can throw out on the show that is going to be like shocking to us. But I don't agree with Marlo calling Candy selfish and spoiled and privileged. Because one thing we have seen on the show over the past 14 seasons is that Candy is very philanthropic. Candy uh, takes care of her family. And also, Candy's from College Park, Georgia. Any privilege that Candy Burris has at this point, she has earned. Because let me tell you something, they are not giving out privilege packages in College Park, Georgia. If you don't know College Park, Georgia, look it up. Also, you might have heard the song College Park, Bubba Sparks. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. Booty, 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 boogie rocking everywhere. I found you, Miss New Booty. I think that song came out when I was in eighth grade. Very popular. (laughs) Love that song. So, yes, Candy is from that college park. I also have to say group functions are not a good place for two housewives who squash a beef. Nine times times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, maybe seven, eight, eight times out of ten, things will end up worse than they were. Candy and Marlo should have had a sit-down, just the two of them at a coffee shop. That conversation, in my opinion, would have been more productive. Maybe. But let's remember, Candy will not give Marlo the time of the day so that would probably never happen i think kenya i think marlo's only opportunities to like resolve issues with kenya and candy are probably group events because i think if marlo reached out to candy marlo reached out to kenya they probably wouldn't answer the phone they probably would not do a one-on-one scene with marlo So this is like one of the only opportunities Marlo has to kind of, you know, squash a beef with Candy. And it did not happen. This Gucci brunch went off the rails. But at least, you know, at least Cousin Courtney and Candy are in a good place. (laughs) So that's it for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And when we return, we're going to get into Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. And boy, was this episode. Good. So now we have Summer House Martha's Vineyard, which has been such a gem, such a gem, like after a somewhat disappointing season of OG Summer House. Martha's Vineyard, Summer House has really grown on me. Like I have said, if you have not watched the show, you need to watch it. If you have not made it past the first, second, or third episode, push through because the show is really good. The show has been such a treat. Shout out to the cast of Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. This is season one, episode seven, titled It Ain't All Rosé. So we start off with a pastel or we continue off <laughs> with the pastel and rosé brunch in the backyard and Shanice is topless on the balcony. Take a sip of water. Shanice gives zero Fs, and I thank her for that because she is needed in this summer house. She was needed. She's been a breath of fresh air. She is there to have a good time. Don't judge her because she does not care. She's going to live her best life. Uh, Bria is still in the bed giving herself a timeout. And I have to say, shout out to Simon, who has just uh, fit in perfectly with the group. He is there to have a good time. And it was hilarious seeing (laughs) Simon doing his dance moves later on in the episode. But Simon brings uh, Bria a plate of food. And we also see that Bria and Shanice had a conversation about Shanice being naked, fully naked in the hot tub with Simon. So Bria and Shanice squashed their beef. I would have loved to see that conversation instead of it being like a, a flashback. Uh, but at least they have the conversation and they squash their beef. Um, and I also like that conflict does not last long in this house. Like, that's good. Let's not drag out the BS for the whole season. Please, don't ruin this show. So then Jasmine asks Shanice if she's going to talk to Alex. This is after Shanice is fully dressed and comes out to the table late After everyone's waiting, Uh, Shanice tells Jasmine, no, I'll do it tomorrow. Then Jasmine says it again. When it's quiet at the table, does Alex know you want to talk to him? Jasmine, fall back, girl. Fall back. And Shanice is like, no, I, I got it. But it's too late. It's quiet at the table. Everyone knows something's going on. Jasmine brings up the fact that Alex Googled people. And Jordan jumps right in and says, they haven't even they haven't even had this conversation yet. Simon (laughs) excuses himself and says, I think he has to go to the bathroom. But what he really does is goes upstairs and tells Bria what's going on. I have to say, I don't see anything wrong with Alex Googling people. If I'm gonna stay in a house with some strangers for 15 days on an island, where I need a boat or a helicopter to get me, then I'm going to Google everyone. I might even hire Bo Deedle, Deedle to dig up some dirt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what I would not do is gossip about my findings from Google. Maybe not. Possibly. If I became close to someone in the house, maybe I'd be like, you know, yo, um... I was doing some Googling and I found some things online about so-and-so and and I'm a little disturbed. Um, You know, I I could see myself doing that. I could see myself doing that. But I do believe that this is a conversation that Alex should have brought to Shanice. And I also believe that he is being scapegoated because this conversation happened in the house with like six or seven other cast members when Shanice wasn't there. Yes, Alex did the Googling. Yes, Alex did bring up some things. But the whole house has contributed in conversations about Bria and the internet findings from Alex. Alex does, uh, you know, I feel like an Alex thing to do. a, A namaste thing to do. And Alex excuses himself from the table because he does not feel safe. So Alex takes a little walk in the backyard. But I have to say, this is all Jasmine's fault. Jasmine is convinced that she must try to produce moments for television. I do like Jasmine. I like Jasmine. She is a force multiplier. That she is. But I feel like Jasmine feels the need to make moments happen on television. And I mentioned something that makes me feel this way later on in this episode. Maybe not later on. It might be coming up. Um but yes I believe that this was Jasmine's fault. So then we move inside some of the group they're hanging out in a living room and I believe it's Amir, Jordan, Shanice, Jason and Preston. Alex makes a joke about Jordan's celibacy and this triggers something in Jordan because then Jordan calls Alex out. Jordan's like Alex I don't come for your veganism. I don't come for your namasteism. I don't come for your Buddhism, even though Alex is not Buddhist. But, like, I don't come for you. Why do you feel the need to come for me and nitpick everything about me? Jordan tells Alex that he has sexualized her more than once in the house. This is true because we have seat. Bravo shows the receipts. Then Jordan says, You can look at him, Amir. But I'm talking to you, Alex. Oh, Jordan's not afraid to call it out. And Alex did give Amir a look like, uh, what the fuck is going on? When Jordan started calling him out, we all saw that look. They showed it. Then Jordan tells Amir that he too (laughs) has sexualized her. And Jordan asked Alex to say what he told her outside. Now, Alex said it in a much different way. At this moment than he did outside to Jordan, because outside to Jordan, Alex said, basically, all the guys were like calling dibs on everyone. And in the house, when Jordan was calling out Alex, Alex is like, well, Amir expressed interest in Jordan. And he said that he was interested in pursuing those interests. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. That's not how you said it. (laughs) That's not how you said it outside, but I'm going to let this one pass. I'm going to let it pass. Then Jordan gets emotional because what I surmise from what she expressed in this moment is that Jordan wants to be seen as more than just a pretty face, more than just a pretty body, more than just a sexual being. She doesn't want the fact that she's posed in Playboy to result in people, especially men, assuming that that is who she is as a person. I have to say, I love Jordan. I love Jordan. I've said this during my recaps of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Jordan is, she gives housewife vibes. And I could see Jordan in the next four, three, four years as a future Real Housewives of New York with this current upcoming cast. I can see it. I can see it. I just need you to imagine it. Again, I love Jordan. She's open. She's honest. She gives you raw emotion and it doesn't come off as performative because I felt her in this moment. Jordan has every right to not want to be sexualized. And I'm not trying to excuse the behavior of men. I'm not trying to mansplain, but being honest, most men don't even realize they're doing it. They're so used to it. You see a pretty woman and you can't help yourself, kind of, no matter what age you are. And again, I'm not trying to excuse the behavior of men. I understand where Jordan's coming from because yes, Jordan is beautiful, but she's also a human being and she's not just a body for man's sexual desire. But I also have to shout out Alex for staying in the room for not turning around and trying to make Jordan seem like the bad person. He did not try to gaslight her, but our boy Amir He needed to step outside and have a moment because he was in his feelings. He had to call his friend back at home because he didn't like being called out in front of the house. I feel Amir in that, but you know, like it was discussed later, this wasn't really all about Alex and Amir. The emotions that Jordan gave is probably a, it's probably a culmination of experiences that she has had her whole life that she has never spoken on, that she has never shared, that she has never let herself be vulnerable about. And it just so happens that Alex and Amir bear the brunt of that pain. But Amir and Alex handled it with the best of their ability. And I appreciate that this group, like... Member, Some in this group, like, they understand about themselves that they maybe need to step away and have a moment, take a breather, before they walk back into a situation and handle it. I respect that. You don't see that enough on the Real Housewives of Atlanta or many of the other Real Housewives. But this is also Summer House, and that's the Real Housewives. So, again... I appreciate Alex for not turning this around on Jordan. Amir mentions the fact that because of his pursuit of Jordan, because it didn't yield results that he doesn't feel like he's enough. Amir, you are enough. You are man enough. But I need you to know that how you measure whether you're man enough shouldn't be based on whether you can pull whichever girl that you pursue. That is ego. That is nothing but ego. That's ego talking. And like Amir has shared the fact that he was a bit nerdy growing up. So maybe Amir didn't get all the girls in, in high school. And so now like Amir is out here in these streets. You know, he's fit. He's good looking and he's getting all the girls. And so maybe like the high school hymn, the teenage hymn shows up when Jordan does not reciprocate the feelings that he's giving Jordan. Teenage Amir shows up and he sees it as rejection. And he sees it as he's not enough. Amir, you can't let whether a woman... returning the vibes you're putting out, you can't see that as whether you're man enough or whether you're enough as a person. You just can't. But I appreciate Amir for being honest about it because Amir could have also turned this against Jordan and made Jordan be out. Well, yeah, make Jordan to be the bad person. So we jump a little later. And what I appreciate is after this whole situation, after Jordan has opened her heart, Amir and Jordan have a much needed conversation. And might I add, add, (laughs) facilitated by Silas. This is probably the best decision Silas has made in this house the whole time. But the night is young, everyone. (laughs) The night is young. We will get to Silas later. So the group disperses. And there's a moment in bed with Jasmine and Silas where Jasmine says that she was jealous that she wasn't able to bring the house together the way Jordan did. Did you guys notice that? I feel like that's a weird comment to make when one of your best friends bears her soul about feeling sexualized. And you're thinking about the optics of how it will look on the show. Can Andy Cohen have Jasmine and Silas on Watch What Happens Live? Because I have questions. We all have questions. So we move to the next morning. Silas starts Silasing. He had one good night. And he canceled it the next morning. Silas is upset because Jasmine stained his pants with an iron. Listen, It happens depending on the material. Of your pants, I have burnt some clothes before because the materials may maybe a little bit more delicate and the heat of the iron is hot. But Silas is upset because Jasmine stained his pants with the iron. And then we have members of the house preparing dinner, some food for the soul, also known as soul food. That was probably corny. Forgive me. I won't edit it out, though, because I'm being me. (laughs) But I love how this moment of preparing food so that the group can participate in fellowship and communion, which is a big part of the black community gathering around cooking, cooking that soul food. And Jasmine is right, it does take hours. Silas is right, it takes hours of prep. But that moment you dig in at that table, all that prep, all that time, it's worth it. But I love how this moment becomes a history lesson. I really love the historical aspect that this cast is bringing To Martha's Vineyard, Summer House, Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. Whoever thought of the show at Bravo, whoever casted the show, really, really put some thought into it. Because I've mentioned this before. Well, first of all, when the trailer dropped for the Real Housewives, I mean, not the Real Housewives. I was about to say the Real Housewives of Martha's Vineyard. When the trailer dropped for Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, there were people in the comments of Bravo talking about well why why is this cast all black? I thought Bravo believed in diversity. And I I have to be honest, I became a a keyboard thug. I was in the comments because like I'm someone that knows the history of Martha's Vineyard and black people and I also have to remind myself that not everyone knows their history. We have a lot of poorly educated people in this country and we also have Instagram trolls and Twitter trolls. But I had to let people know that there is a historical aspect for this to with this cast and Martha's Vineyard. Black people first arrived at Martha's Vineyard well over a hundred years ago, as indentured servants and whalers. Black people saved their money and they were allowed to purchase property in a certain area on Martha's Vineyard, which is known as Oak Bluffs. They were only allowed to purchase property in this area. They weren't because they weren't allowed in other parts of Martha's Vineyard. I don't believe. Martha's Vineyard became desegregated until the early 60s, maybe 64. But Massachusetts was also the first state to abolish slavery. And Martha's Vineyard, many don't know this, Martha's Vineyard was part of the Underground Railroad. So before you get on Twitter, before you get on Instagram commenting, looking at the show and thinking that This show might not suit who you are as a person or you might not be interested in it. Boy, have you missed out because you are in for a treat. There's something so rich and so genuine and so authentic about this cast. And I love it. And listen. I still love me some summer house OG out in the Hamptons. I just I really love how thoughtful it feels. This show was from Bravo, so I give Bravo a round of the, a round of applause and a bravo to Bravo. So then we get to Preston's pride party, and Preston says the straight guys in the house have to come up with a dance routine, and. I would, I have to say for three minutes to come up with a dance routine, this dance routine was okay, but listen, Simon is living his best life in this house. Simon is front and center, giving his best backstreet boy slash sync moves, you know, looking like a white Rick Ross, <laughs> Maybach music. Shout out to Ricky Rose. And I have to say, Amir loves him some stripper moves. That's his signature. Was Amir a stripper? Because he's a little too good at that. He's done it twice now on this show, which means that probably when he's with a girl, he pulls out these moves as well. I'm just calling it out as I see it. And I have to say, as as an honorary judge... I would like to say that this dance routine lacked rhythm and cohesion, but I give them an A for effort. Now, after such a great night, this episode was really a roller coaster, but it it has smoothed out and is ending well. After such a great night with Preston's Pride Party, right before bed, Silas starts Silasing again. And decides to circle back to the fact that Jasmine, I guess, burnt his pants, blemished his pants with an iron. And I, I'm going to be honest, it defeats the perfect purpose to go in on Silas anymore. Because I've criticized him on this podcast. I've criticized him on social media. There's nothing more to say about Silas when he starts Silasing. All I can say is my hope for Silas is that I hope That he sees himself on this show and decides to grow as a person, decides to grow as a man, and decides to grow as a husband. That's my hope for Silas Cooper. Because I like Jasmine. And if this show comes back for a season two, which I hope it better, bravo. If Summer House Martha's Vineyard comes back for a season two, I would like to see Jasmine come back. But I don't know if viewers want to see Silas come back. And I don't know if Jasmine's going to come back if her husband doesn't come back. I don't know Silas. I don't know if he's going to be okay with just like visiting Jasmine on the weekends, you know, because he's not a main part of this cast. So this is why my hope is that Silas sees himself, holds himself accountable and changes his behavior, which is why we need a reunion And I need Andy Cohen to have Jasmine and Silas on Watch What Happens Live, because I can only imagine the shady questions, not only from Andy, but from the audience, from the viewers. And bravo, I need a summer house Martha's Vineyard reunion. Sorry, (laughs) because we already have the show. The season finale is next week, everyone. But, like, there was enough to happen in this house to at least have a one-part reunion. Two-part max. But I really think we could get away with one part. There's so much that could be discussed. I've said this before. Invite Mariah back to discuss her being voted off the island. Invite Phil back to discuss him being voted off the island within one night. I don't think the man was in the house for more than five hours. I think this show needs a reunion. And I rest my case. I can't believe the show, the season finale is next week, everyone. This is crazy. When I started this podcast, I was recapping Real Housewives of Atlanta, Summer House Martha's Vineyard, OG Summer House, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Vanderpump Rules. I feel like that's it. Now, Summer House Martha's Vineyard is about to end. So next week, I'm literally only going to have the Real Housewives of Atlanta to recap and the Real Housewives of Orange County to recap. Until the Real Housewives of New York, the new era. They return, I believe, July 16th, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, things are about to change with the podcast because I only have two shows to talk about right now, even though I am watching. OK, first of all, let me say I know I'm ranting right now. I'm I'm rambling. If you are not watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht, this is a fantastic season. There was a love triangle happening between Daisy and um, and uh, Colin and oh, my gosh. what And Gary, Daisy, Colin and Gary. There is a love triangle happening, and the season is fantastic. Fantastic. If you are not watching uh, Below Deck, I almost said Summer House Sailing Yacht. If you're not watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht, please watch. The season is fantastic. Also, I am watching Project Runway. It is season 20 of Project Runway. I remember watching Project Runway when it first premiered. I believe it's like 2006, 2007. I think it was a a freshman in high school. And now it's Project Runway All-Stars and they brought back so many OGs and I remember just about every one of them so those are like two shows on Bravo that I am watching that I am not recapping because I need to keep something to myself to enjoy (laughs) I'm sorry I'm not going to recap Below Deck and Project Runway but listen if also if you have not seen Below Deck Down Under that trailer looks fantastic. Now, I may have to recap Below Deck Down Under. We will see. Because, oh, because it's not just airing on Peacock. This time, it's actually going to air on Bravo. See, season one of Below Deck Down Under was on only on Peacock. Now, season two is going to be on Bravo and then Peacock the next day. So, I, I'm, I'm going to think about some things. But you know, you're probably sick of me. Again, I want to thank you all for the support. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for scr- subscribing. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends, your family, your coworker, your cat, your dog, your kid, letting everyone know. Shouting <laughs> shouting it from the rooftop. Bravo T with Jared B is here. Thank you for supporting. I love you guys. I love you for listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Bravo T with Jared B on Twitter. It's at Bravo T with JB. Follow us. Give us a shout out. Slide in my DMs and say hello. Introduce yourself. Thank you for thank you for the support. I know I've said that several times. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That's it. That's all the bravo tea I have for you. Until next time, on Friday, where we have a new episode recapping Real Housewives of Orange County. I'll see you there. Have a good night, everyone.